It is the Independence Gang on a Friday night as we head into a uh, 4th of July Independence Day weekend. And I wish everyone watching, listening, purviewing uh, a happy 4th of July. We've got Britt Griffith, of course. We've got two guest panelists tonight. KJ returning to the program. We also have newcomer Juliet. Juliet, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us tonight. Thank you. We're excited to have you part of the team or the gang, as we should say. Britt, are you ready for a 4th of July weekend unlike any other? I mean, we're, we're, I think we're allowed to have small groups and make and uh, cook some hot dogs in the backyard. I think we have permission to do that, um, if I remember what Joe Biden I'm said in, back in March or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm in California, so we're really not allowed to do anything. But you know what? We're doing it anyways. We're yeah, doing it anyways. Um, I don't care. That's we're going to have 9,000 people in a two-bedroom house. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, but aren't you guys getting arrested for doing <laughs> things like that in California? Don't the cops show up and turn your water off or something? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so if you're far, in the city no. of L.A., <laughs> Well, if you're in the city of LA, yeah, they, they have threatened that and they have done that, but I think they got sued for it and lost. So I don't know if that actually is doable anymore because you can't deny someone uh, life-giving water, apparently. Yeah. Well, I know as a so, landlord in New York, if you did that, if I shut off somebody's water bill because they didn't pay the rent, I'd go to jail. Uh, so I, I know that's not something that's uh, accepted very readily. KJ, how you been? It's been a few weeks since you've been here with us. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, we're uh, dealing with a few things here and the family, but uh, ultimately, uh, so far, we're, we're doing pretty good. Well, and I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back with us. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, as we do every night. I want to get started right away. By the, well, before we do that, welcome to everyone in our chat room. Good to see everybody filing in. Hope you're all planning to have a, a nice 4th of July weekend with friends and family, the people you love, and a good burger or two. Not the stuff that Bill Gates is selling us, saying that we'll get used to the taste. Not that crap. I'm talking about a good burger, beef, maybe even bison. Do you eat bison burgers, Brett? I have. I love them. Do you? But, you know, I'll eat any kind of meat, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, you you eat anything in general. I think you, you're the one that said you'd eat cicadas if uh, if you were dared to. Uh, well, for money, I would. Yeah, I don't know if I just uh, think about cash involved. Um, or survival. Or survival. I mean, either or. But I, I wouldn't do it on just a dare. No. I, I, I like to make money. Okay. Well, I, pro I, I probably regret asking that question, but uh, thanks for the answer anyway. Um, let's get talking about stuff. I, I want to touch on a couple of small things first before we get into some larger issues here. I just saw that uh, a judge in, in the Minneapolis area ordered Minneapolis to hire more police officers after Minneapolis had been one of the uh, f uh, f most forward um, city councils to defund police. And in fact, I think they voted to completely el eliminate their police department after the George Floyd incident. But a judge ruled in favor of some conservative plaintiffs on Thursday saying Minneapolis needs to hire more police officers to help fight rising crime. The Hennepin County District Judge named Jamie Anderson said the city needs to have at least 730 officers by June 30th, 2020. That is a figure that is 0.2% of the population, according to the 2020 census, and that's the figure that he was using to make the determination of 730 officers. The department, of course, has uh, only 638 officers currently. Um, that's 200 fewer than they usually do. Um, in June of 2020, the city council unanimously approved a pledge to abolish the police department and replace it with a so-called community-led public safety system amid pressure 
um, that was spearheaded, spearheaded by Black Lives Matter activists and far-left Democrats to defund law enforcement. And, of course, that was after the George Floyd protests. KJ, I've got a couple problems with this, but we'll get into the problems after we just talk about this in general. So you have a judge that is ordering Minneapolis, the Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minneapolis legislature, to reverse its course and hire police officers um, after a year of rioting, looting, torching, arson, all this chaos that has not only engulfed parts of Minneapolis, but uh, all over the nation. Uh, what do you think of this, this dynamic developing between courts and city legislatures over this fight over police? Well, the reality is, is they they tested it, right? Defund the police, um, you know, um, vilify the police, and it didn't go so well. Uh, people got a chance to see exactly what's going to happen if we don't have law enforcement out there serving and protecting. Um, the majority of law enforcement are good people. They do their job very well. They're very professional and they're very dedicated individuals. But when you start seeing thousands and thousands of them uh, quitting the force, retiring early, uh, special special ops uh, divisions of uh, you know the riot control and whatnot are just they're all uh, resigning from uh, from that particular uh, discipline there. Uh, you know, the reality is, is somebody has to step in and say, hey, enough is enough. You know, this is BS. Uh, call it what it is and and make the people feel safe. And I think ultimately what's happening is these officials themselves, even with their, uh, you know, their armed guards and whatnot, are actually not feeling safe to be out in public when they don't have armed protection and they're fearing for, you know, the, the, the lives of their own family. So, you know, somebody's got to step in and do something. Juliet, a couple things. One is, uh, I don't think anybody with any real common sense or brain knew this would turn out any other way. When you defund the police, the people that are charged with the task of keeping other people safe, and when you vilify the police and uh, make them the enemy instead of the saviors in many cases, you're going to have a couple of things happen. You'll have fewer police to answer calls, and then you're going to have police back off from being aggressively proactive in stopping crime. And what's going to happen? Crime is going, going to go up. Did this surprise you at all? No, but I have to be honest, I love it. Like, I love that they thought it would turn out some other way. Like, what what did they really think was going to happen? I don't understand. And I used to be a bartender, as I was telling you guys earlier, and we used to have an officer come Friday and Saturday night to help us keep it calm in there. And, like, I love those guys. Thank God for them. They saved us from so many problems. And they've told me that being a police officer is awful right now. It's just terrible. It, like they've totally just destroyed that profession, and it's a pity because we need them. Yeah, we definitely need them. If we look at Minneapolis specifically, crime has increased dramatically in the city over the past year. Gunshot victims are up ninety percent. The number of homicides in Minneapolis has jumped from forty-eight in the year twenty nineteen to eighty-four in twenty twenty, and it looks to be on track to exceed that total this year. Britt. This had to be done. Policing needs to be reinstated as an essential part of the public services provided by local communities. However, I have a little bit of a problem. Where does the judge, any judge, get the authority to tell a, uh, an elected body, in this case the Common Council of Minneapolis, what they have to do, how many officers they have to hire, and by when? Where does that authority come from? I, I'm having trouble figuring this one out. 
It's coming from nowhere. Uh, it's not in the Constitution. It's not how our system works. The people of Minneapolis voted. They voted for the representatives. Their representatives enacted laws and regulations and rules that the people wanted them to do. That's why they voted for them. They get, they reap what they sow. They need to lay in their bed and stew in it. This judge is way out of bounds. It, it should be overturned on appeal. This should not go anywhere. This is not his job. The, the judicial branch is separate from the legislative branch, which is separate from the executive branch. It's done like that on purpose. The founding fathers were amazingly brilliant on keeping them all separate. Because right now we have, we have a judge who is, although he may have been elected. I don't know if their judges are elected there or appointed. I don't know which. The bottom line is he's now telling them this is a law and regulations you're going to impose. And then when people show up in his courtroom, he's going to be the jury also because he could be. And then the hangman. So th that's not how our system's set up. This will be overturned. It's way overreach. But on the flip side, I'm with Juliet. I, I, I am glad that we've gone down this road because how many years? I have been hearing this about the police. We don't need police. We, you know, the big utopian of people, if you just give them free will and step out of the way, people want to be good people by, at heart. And we've been hearing that for, for, I mean, since I've been a kid, I've been hearing that from the left. Well, we're trying it and it failed miserably. Just look at New York City. Just look at Minneapolis. Just look at the autonomous zone. I mean, hell, there's that video that's out of New York, uh, came out well, last night, of that rape in broad daylight. That guy tackled that girl just out cruising in broad daylight. People across the street, cars going by, and knocks her down the sidewalk and molests her in broad daylight. Hey, this is what you get when you defund the police, when you demoralize the police to the point where they don't want to do their job. I yield back my time. Yeah, Juliet, one of the things that's developing here is the Democrats are recognizing this is such a disaster that they're now trying to blame Republicans for this. And the thing I find a little bit curious about this whole thing is I think the Democrats feel they're so secure with a friendly, biased media that will repeat anything they say that they actually think they can get away with it. Do you th A, do you think they get away with it? And B, where do you think they get the balls to talk this way i mean they're just all so you know colluded like they totally have each other's backs and they can't get away with it with us but i mean bless their i have friends that will totally buy this because they believe whatever the news says because the news is factual according to them and so i mean it's hilarious but it wouldn't be the first time that they were able to completely just flip a story we're the boogeyman. I mean, the right the right is the boogeyman now. Yeah, but KJ, there is hours and hours of video of these Democrats, whether it's the you know the the Minneapolis City Council or it's uh, the squad uh, in Congress or it's uh, uh, the governor of uh, of um, Oregon or the mayor of Portland. I mean, Democrats are on record saying this lot. I can't think of one Republican on record saying that they supported the defund the police movement. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't think of one. Hmm. No, you know, I'm trying as well. You know, honestly, um, you know, this, this is uh, the unprecedented times we're in right now. Uh, the Democrats are doing everything that they possibly can to control every situation and what it is is it's it's a juggling act man they are just juggling all this stuff and they're like hey look at this over here and whoa what about that and it's your fault no it's his fault no it's her fault oh you're conservative you're a terrorist you're a domestic terrorist you're you think this way you know you need to be put in jail you need to be controlled you know this is getting out of control and i don't understand 
why it is even continuing. It's so absurd what the Democrats are doing, uh, what these liberals are doing, the way of thinking. I don't even think they realize what, you know, at times what they're doing. And then and then I'm like, you know what? They know exactly what they're doing. You know, like, it's just like, I'm confused out there right now about what the hell's really going on and who's for really what. And the only people really that I feel like I can trust are the conservatives right now, are the Republican party, is the Republican party, the majority of them at this point, and try to, uh, you know, just go in that direction. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 share the truth whatever it is that's all i want man i just want the truth and i want us all to work together you know th this is enough's enough man we're going down the ship is going down and i want to be able to walk down the street in a major u.s city and not feel like i have to fear for my life it was that way just a couple of short years ago and things have changed rather quickly um you know we've been counting go ahead so i i came across something uh you know the other day that uh was was talking about uh i believe it was uh, west virginia or virginia itself and how the open carry situation out there with citizens carrying openly walking around showing the fact that they're packing heat has actually brought the crime rate down like 90 percent from where it was before you know and honestly at this point in time if they are going to defund the police and on top of it how do you get people to sign up how do you get young people cadets to sign up to go to the police academy to knowing that they're going in a direction that could potentially kill them at an early age because everybody quote unquote seems to hate them and think that they are the villain and they're they're the worst thing out there you know how are they going to get more cops out there to protect to do their job uh when when it, it it seems like a losing battle no matter what and as soon as you put on that uniform and walk out your front door you got you know you got the scope on you you know what i'm saying yeah, it's it's an important point. Um, we're we're going to have to move ahead a little bit uh, more quickly here. I, I point I, I found something also very very interesting. At what point do the French start making so much sense? I mean, you know, we've <laughs> we've we've often made jokes about France. You know, historically, uh, you know, I think people have for a long time. It's it's a fine country. It's a beautiful country. I've been there several times, but they are making more sense than we are at this point. Um, the president of France, French President Emmanuel Macron, has said a new wave of woke culture that has migrated from the United States is racializing his country. He says that he sees our societies becoming progressively radicalized. The French president said he disagrees with any ideology that attributes value to people based on the, their gender or the color of their skin. Juliet, that makes sense. And it's coming from the French president. Which is funny. But I think, honestly, the whole world has to be seeing this, right? Like, we used to be this pillar of a melting pot kind of country. And we're just falling apart. We, we look terrible. And I'm glad, honestly, good for France. Stand up to it. Don't let it do to your country what it's been doing to ours. And Brit, he went on to say that we've already freed ourselves from this approach, and now we're once more categorizing people according to their race. And by doing that, we are totally placing them under house arrest. Not sure what he means by that, but the point is that he says, we already we already got over this as a civilization. We're going to go back to it? Right. Uh, so France is, I mean, the rest of the world's lucky. They targeted America first. We were the biggest people on the block, the biggest country on the block that had to be taken down. So we... We got the, the blind side. Everybody else has seen what's happening in America, and they're going, uh, uh, we're not going to let this happen here. 
which is why France is is they are literally ba they uh, uh, banning. Uh, Rebel just said in uh, in chat, France has banned CRT critical race uh, teaching in the schools. They are putting a squash on this. They are they are stopping this any way they can from entering their entering their country. So are a handful of other uh, Western European countries. So it'll be interesting to see how far it spreads over there before they put the fire out. Uh, I do want to double back uh, on what something KJ said about the, the police academies and hiring police officers. I'll be real quick. Um, here's the problem. We're demoralizing the police department. The police, anybody that's a good cop or is close to retirement, they're checking out. So we're losing a ton of, a ton of experience, gone. People who are good-hearted that want to go be a police officer, that want to help, they're not going to go into this. So who are we going to get? We're going to get the dregs of society that just need a government paycheck. They just need a job. Or they're criminals and they don't care. So they know, hey, the, the standards are so low, I can go put a badge on and I'll go set up my, my thiefdom under the cover of uh, the collar of blue and a badge and a little red light on their car. So that's where it goes to. It goes to, uh, it goes to Johannesburg, a corrupt police department. KJ, did you want to comment on the, uh, the French president or should Brett, Brett take it from here? No, that's fine. You know, that's fine. I mean, I, I think ultimately what, what's happening is we're setting an example for the rest of the world, people are catching on. They're looking at the U.S. They're going, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, you know, we used to be, you know, like Juliet said, we used to be, you know, an example. We used to be a pillar of, of stability for the most part, of, of freedom, of success, of opportunity, um, you know, of – literally like i grew up feeling like we were you know we were kind people and now i you know now i have to apologize for being white and you know i have to you know allow the school system to teach my kids about color my kids are half white and half brown okay we are a mexican american family uh, and we will continue to be that and we have never ever ever focused on the color of our skin except when they're you know, making fun of me because I'm all red after being at the beach getting sunburned <laughs> and they're nice and tan. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, France is doing the right thing. Well, that that sorry, KJ, but you marrying a Mexican woman is a sign of white supremacy and you should be condemned for that. Just so you know, you know, it's it, it is true. Uh, anybody that has married a Mexican woman would know that the man has complete control of every situation <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I know that did not be true. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, we're going to move on to some financial stuff. I caught this video. This interview was with Warren Buffett and Charles Munger, uh, which are uh, philanthropists. They're billionaires. They're in their 90s. They're forever old. Um, so... You know, I, I'm going to read. So Charles Thomas Munger is an American billionaire, investor, businessman, former real estate attorney, architectural designer, and philanthropist. Oh, he was a double philanthropist. Uh, he is vice chairman of Brookshire Hathaway, a conglomerate controlled by Warren Buffett. Buffett has described Munger as his closest partner and right-hand man. Listen to this video. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's about a little about 45 seconds. But listen to what he says in this video. This is bizarre. Come on, baby, play for me. He said, communist China is doing all the things that we should be doing right now. And I, I can't help but think of what, they're, what well, they've done well, to Jack Ma. It amuses me, you know. Well, what about what they've done to Jack Ma? He's kind of disappeared. As Well, yes, but Jack Ma is one of the swingers. So they just got his, they said, the hell with you. He basically got, gave a speech. And he said to a, to a one-party state, well, you guys are a bunch of jerks don't know what you're doing, and I know what... A, I'm doing it, I'm going to do it better. And he was going to wade into banking and no rules and just do whatever he pleased. 
He also brought Chinese, a lot of the Chinese communists did the right thing. They just called in Jack Ma and say, you aren't going to do it, Sonny. And, and uh, I wish we had a, I don't want the, all of the Chinese system, but I certainly would like to have the financial part of it in my own country. So there's so much in there that just really bothers me. This is an American oligarch. I mean, these are the rich people that shape our, that you know, basically pay for our politicians to get elected and shape policy. Juliet, the fact that he is so pro-China and wants their rules scares me. Is this what our is it is, is this what we need to be afraid of? The people at this level changing our country to benefit them? Oh, absolutely. And I don't know why so many extremely wealthy, powerful people think that communism is gonna be a great idea. I mean, I guess because in communism the really the top class has all of the freedoms and luxuries and everybody else is just stuck. But I it just it's crazy. What, 20, 30 years ago? Nobody would have ever said that out loud. And now here we are. Everybody loves the communists. And I don't know if anybody else saw this today, but CNN did a little thing, and they were talking about the firefighters finding more people from the building collapse, and they referred to the firefighters as comrades. Huh. Which is what? Just, yeah. It, like, literally, it said comrades. And it's like, what? We don't use that word. Like, right. Why is this a thing? Holy, what? I, you know, I got to find that. So, so yeah, the reporter actually, said, okay, but the reporter actually said comrades or it was in the, the Chiron. They like, like, they typed out comrades. They, it was like a, the, one of those alerts. I, I don't get notifications from CNN, but my friend sent it to me. So it was like a push notification. Gotcha. And yeah, please said, send that to me because that's interesting. Okay. Um, so, KJ, I mean, you don't have to do it right now, but KJ, so <laughs> this right here. Uh, so I'm gonna play one more quick clip here, maybe, and it's it's part of this. This really. He also brought Chinese. A lot of the Chinese communists people. did the right thing. They just called in Jack Ma and say, "You aren't gonna do it, Sonny." So, they killed Jack Ma, right? Because he's gone. They haven't seen him. So, well, Charles here. So Charles here. Yeah, exactly. Charles here. Want said China did the right thing. They killed him. This guy, who's an American billionaire, got rich off of our country, lived the, the, the lavish lifestyle off of our style of government, is complimenting China on killing somebody. What do we do with this? Well, we should, we should first and foremost be warned, okay? Uh, that, that, that is a, a blatant warning right there. You know, I've, I mean, at this point, He's he's towards the end of his life, right? So how is it going to really affect him? But you know, in in, in China, uh, you know they 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 execute people like for for speaking against the regime. You know, uh, you fear for your life when you're out there. There are um, military everywhere. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're out of, uh, if you're an international traveler, especially an American, and you're taking video, I mean, they walk up to you and they're like, what are you shooting? Let me see that. Uh, you can't do that here. Give me your device. Give me your card. You know, uh, check in your papers. I mean, what kind of society do people really want to live in? You know, okay, if you're an elite, 
you know, obviously you're going to be in that circle, really, where you're going to be able to do what you want to do. You're going to have your freedoms. You know, you're going to be able to pay off whoever you need to pay off. You're going to be in that inner circle. And then the rest of the ants out there, the workers, are all going to be under the control of uh, these these higher elites, this government, and they're going to basically come in and do anything that you want, they want. And, you know, if you really push it, uh, and go against what the you know what these policies are and and whatnot. You're going to disappear. This is what's going to happen. They're already changing the terminologies out there between you know mother and father and he and she and it and was and they and them and all this right. I mean, and they're adding comrade in there slowly but surely. You know, it's going to start showing up more and more and more. I mean, you know, it's getting out of control, but they're, you know, and, and as much as they're being blatant about some things, they're being real subtle about others and they're sliding it right in there in the, the middle of the stack. And then eventually you come to it and it's like, oh, this, this has always been here. You haven't noticed that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. The slow, the slow growth of communism is really scary. So, JV, one last. And, and I wish we had a. I don't want the, all of the Chinese system, but I certainly would like to have the financial part of it in my own country. He's literally saying right there that he wants the part of the Chinese thing where he can kill people. If he, if he doesn't like what you say, if you don't agree with him, I want that control. Uh, what do I, I, I am floored by this. This, I, this really disturbs me. It is disturbing, but I, I don't really – I'm trying to decipher what he's actually saying there. He said the financial part of it. So what part of the financial part of it is he saying that he wishes we we adopted here? I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's low wages and being able to take advantage of uh, you know paying people a dollar a day instead of uh, $50 a day. I, you know, I'm not really sure. But here we have a 90-something-year-old man who is probably a World War II veteran. I mean, he's he's of the generation where he is probably a World War II veteran. And if he's not a veteran uh, because of something, then he certainly lived through the Depression and the World War II generation. So he understands what hardship is. He's got to understand uh, what the value of a free market economy can do for a nation because he's clearly a beneficiary of it. The difference here, and I think you've all alluded to it, is that once you have the money and once you're used to getting your way because you have the money, some of these policies start to look appealing to you because you like the authoritarian approach because that's the way you operate in your life. You're a billionaire. you got a lot of people that say yes to you all the time. You get whatever you want. So you start to identify with that system. However, if you if you ask the same man the same questions, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, I bet you would have gotten a very, very different answer from him. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. And, uh, you know, what, what I what I took away, what he said, he was he was saying he wished he had some of the Chinese thing was directly that comment was directly after the Jack Ma disappearing. But this is what I don't understand, JV, and you can take it back after this. Um, these people at his level think they're going to be the elite. I mean, China made Jack Ma disappear, the richest Chinese guy on the planet. They made him disappear. Why do these people think that they're going to be the chosen one? Uh, well, uh, because they'll fund the people taking it over. That'll help them. Uh, however, I'm not sure Jack Ma disappeared. I thought he appeared recently. I thought he made some comments. I think he's been 
His, his wings have been clipped severely, and he may have had some re-education training or something. But I think he, he made an appearance. I could be wrong about that. It's just in the back of my head, I, I thought I remember seeing that. But here's another. This this piggybacks on what you're talking about and actually what Charlie or Charles Munger was talking about. Joe Biden is and the Biden administration is selling out Americans in America again. Um, there's this major announcement from the Treasury Secretary of the United States, Janet Yellen, saying that over 100 countries have agreed to back a global minimum corporate tax. Uh, she says about 130 nations representing more than 90% of global GDP have agreed to a global minimum tax on corporations. When you start looking at what this really, really means, I want to I show you uh, a take on this from the Tax Foundation. It says, this is an article on the Tax Foundation's website. It says, it's not clear if Treasury officials understand how much this proposal could give away the U.S. tax base. And it goes on to say, the U.S. is home to many of the largest and most profitable companies in the world. So a tax policy change that would apply to large, successful companies would disproportionately impact U.S.-based companies. Juliet, that to me sounds like we're going to be giving away some tax revenue um, in the, uh, you know, in the vein of, of this global one governance. We're going to be handing over more money to the global community from our profitable corporations, which of course will ultimately hit American workers and American shareholders and American IRAs and 401ks and of course American tax revenue. Absolutely. And, you know, the worst part is that they don't care. That's kind of what they want. But I think to me, the scarier part of what you just read was the part where it said they they're not sure if the Treasury officials understand what the implications of this are. Then why do they have that job? Like, why are you in charge of these things yeah. if you're you don't understand what you're doing? Yeah, it's a great point. And just to illustrate what what's going on here, this is a pie chart which represents the profits, the taxable revenue of the companies that would fall under this. And if you look at it, the United States represents 72% of this revenue. China and Hong Kong, by the way, 10%, Europe, 10%. The rest of the world in total is only 8%. So they're talking about taking U.S. This really is all about U.S. companies. U.S. companies paying a bigger portion of the global tax bill, KJ. You know, we always seem to be the ones that are like dishing out the most money, the most assistance, the most military, you know, the most aid. I mean, I get it. You know, I, I'm all for helping the world, but I mean, doesn't I mean, are we moving more towards a one, you know, one world government? I mean, what what is really you know what? What is the deal? Why? Why are we really focusing our attention on on policies that will actually help the global economy and help uh, the global population instead of, you know, hurting us? I I, I don't I don't understand here, man. I, I don't get it. There's um, there's a quote here. It says, uh, for decades, the United States has participated in the self-defeating international tax competition, lowering our corporate tax rates only to watch other nations lower them in response, according to Treasury Secretary Yellen. Um, she said the result was a global race to the bottom. Who could lower the corporate rate further and faster? Uh, she said that the new tax plan would prevent corporations from avoiding paying their, quote, fair share of taxes. So I have a couple questions. Let me give this one back to you, uh, Juliet, before I go to Britt here. What would be the reason nations would be lowering their rates in competition? I mean, what, what, what would be their benefit? Obviously to attract companies because that's good for their economy, right? 
absolutely absolutely i just i feel like it's honestly this just feels like it's designed to hurt the united states specifically i mean i just i i don't understand finances a ton but none of this makes sense if there's a competition it's because the getting those businesses brit or is it actually actually beneficial to the economies of that country so why wouldn't we want to be in that race why wouldn't we want to compete at that level but here here is i think the truth of the matter a global minimum corporate tax is a boost for global governance and for a carbon tax brit mm -hmm. i think this article right here actually tells us the truth what do you think it's uh all about the agendas it's written down it's, it's in these writings people just read Go to the forums, read this stuff. It's there, it explains it all. This is about the one world order. This is one tiny step. It's like it's like uh, Juliet's story about uh, CNN putting comrades in their push notification. Where'd that come from? Hey, we got, it's just a little tax. You know, it's, it's the corporates, it's the evil corporate people. We're just gonna get a little money from them so they can't, you know, here's the deal. I don't want you janet yellen to have all this money i don't want my government to have all this money i mean i'm struggling in my head with the uber rich like the the like the charles's and the buffett's and the soros is doing what they're doing the bloomberg's the styers the way they're flooding uh zones with politics and uh, and bribing and and whatnot I'm, I'm struggling with that but i'm also a capitalist and i believe if you earn your money you get to spend it how you want but then this i i, I don't i don't want you to have this money i don't want the u.n to have a ship pot full of money so they can fund their own little armies that bounce around the world doing whatever they want. I don't want this carbon tax, but this is all about the agendas. This is about lowering America, crashing America. Juliet is correct. This is about crashing America. And then after that, the, the next biggest country, whatever that is, it's mostly the Western stuff, so that they can have one world order. That's what they want. And they all think that they're going to be the chosen ones. They're not. They're going to be eating out of the trash cans right along with us, the vast majority of them. Because only is, if you look at Venezuela, it's like the top one percent. The top one percent. Uh, there's an attack going on behind KJ. Um, <laughs> are are the top one percent are the only ones that ended up. Everybody else was all the same, all equally poor. And what makes America strong? What makes us strong is our middle class. The reason we're so powerful. The reason we have the money to do what we do. The reason we have a government that can fund a military, that can police the world, that can keep things fairish, is because we have a middle class. And if they can crush that, they can crush our middle class. They can take over, and that's what this is all about. I will just point out um, quickly, and then I've got one other quick story, Britt, and then you can take it back. But um, Yellen also went on to say that we have a chance now to build a global and domestic tax system that lets American workers and businesses compete and win in the world economy. And it will include the U.S., China, Russia, and the United Kingdom. How many on this panel, just shake your head yes or no, believe that China and Russia will follow any rules set by anything in this fashion. <laughs> Not a chance. They, they, they will say they are as they're sticking the knife in the back and twisting. That's right. There's another thing going on here for any of us who are uh, uh, spend any time on social media. This particular platform seems to be becoming less and less important, and I think this is another reason why. Facebook is now testing a program that asks users, if you're worried about a friend becoming an extremist, you can report them 
Some Facebook users in the United States are being served a prompt that asks if you're worried that someone you know might be becoming an extremist. You know, here's way here's a way to get help. And others are being notified that they may have been quote exposed to extremist content. This is what one of the notification looks looks like. People may have already seen this. Um, it's been all around Twitter and other social media as they as people talk about this. But um, I don't know, KJ. Is this the beginning of the end for Facebook, or is this Facebook becoming more powerful? Well, you know, obviously, you know, Facebook is pretty powerful out there right now, and uh, this is the perfect tool for government. Uh, to use against the citizens because everybody voluntarily signs up for it and you're being tracked and all your posts are being recorded and it's out there for the for the world not only your friends but friends of friends of friends of friends you know so you know it, it may not even be a friend of yours that's going to turn you in it's going to be a friend of a friend of a friend you know somebody that happens to see one of your posts and doesn't know anything about the history of you know anything that you say and and where you really come from but see one post and then boom there it is now you're labeled you know there's a red flag and now you know you're you're really on the hot list here i mean uh you know for me personally that is more motivation to flick facebook into the lake you know what i mean uh and and i don't think that it's really doing any good for uh the the platform uh you can obviously see that uh the more that this happens on uh, Facebook and Instagram or, or Twitter and, and the rest of them, YouTube and all the censoring that's going on, people are finding other outlets and they're going to other outlets and it will happen. It, it's it's really, you can't stand for this kind of stuff. You can't stand for it. Juliet, a, a Facebook spokesperson by the name of Andy Stone said that uh, the company is directing users to a variety of resources, including Life, Life After Hate, which is an adv advocacy group that helps people leave violent far-right movements it doesn't say far-left movements it doesn't say anything but far-right movements and of course we know the definition definition of far-right movements can you know can slide along a scale depending on what color hat you wear i mean can you believe that we're at a place where facebook is gonna re-educate people I mean, it, it, this is, again, I don't I feel like a broken record tonight, but it's communism 101. You get your population to spy on itself and to rat people out, and then everybody will be too afraid to associate with those people because of their beliefs, and then you ostracize them, and then it's really easy to round them up and get rid of them. I mean, this is exactly what they do, but uh, under what authority does Facebook have the right to do any of that? People post pictures of their babies on your website. Calm down. Uh, Britt, <laughs> Brit, the company also reportedly pr promised to do a better job at stopping the flow of misinformation and conspiracy theories. Now, a couple of those misinformation and conspiracy theories that I know they stopped in the past were the idea that the coronavirus uh, leaked from a lab in Wuhan. That was considered a conspiracy theory. And that the Hunter Biden laptop was legitimate. That was considered a conspiracy theory. So their track record isn't particularly good at determining what's conspiracy and what's misinformation and what's the truth. Well, I mean, their track record's perfect. I mean, they're doing exactly what they want to do. I mean, so they did what they had to do. So here's another angle that I don't think you're thinking about. So Facebook puts this 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 algorithm out there, this this button to click to complain and whatnot or whatever. Number one, I wonder how many people, I wonder how many complaints where they got, my neighbor's a conspiracy theorist, he has a Trump flag. I wonder how many Trump posts got reported. Probably billions. But 
Think about what this gives Facebook, JV and gang. It gives them the power to know who's weak-minded. Oh, this person's really spun out about all this woke stuff. You know, the, the, whether it's the, 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 the jab or whether it's Trump or whether it's Russia, 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 or whether it's China. Um, they know they can tell. Okay, these are the weak people, so we can we can focus ads at these people to shape their mind to get them to do what we want because these are the lemmings we want in our army that will march into the fan blades, no questions asked. It gives them that kind of knowledge of who's weak and who's strong, and then you know people like us. I mean, they already know that they're not going to shape our minds, so they have to get rid of us. But if they get enough lemmings, I mean, they can come after us. You know, the whole Antifa thing. Oh, target this house. Oh, I mean, think about think about when Antifa is marching and, and there's a, I don't know, the, the super cabal of Facebook says, oh, you know what? This politician needs to be dealt with. And they just put a little tweet out under the Antifa flag. You got to go to this address. They're racist Nazis there. And here comes the mob. I mean, they have that kind of power. I mean, what was the report four or five weeks ago that we talked about in California or during the election? The government of California was reaching out directly to Facebook and uh, Instagram about I think potentially it was Twitter. I think it was Twitter, but yeah. Twitter and Twitter uh, harmful posts that they needed to deal with. I mean, our government was doing that. So you get that information. You have that. You know who's weak and who you can manipulate. You know who's strong and needs to be taken out. I mean, this is all insidious stuff. And before before Trump, I would think we're on Crackville. But today, I'm staying in my cave. Yeah, you are. What do you got next for us? Oh, my turn. Um, you know what? So since we're talking about Facebook, so Facebook is a monopoly. So there's a. Have you seen the new uh, the, the the new Trump platform that's supposedly coming out? It's called uh, Gitter G E T T R. So I, w I was trying to find it. I heard about. It. Oh, I got to find this thing, and so I did a Google search, and and the photo was not there. It was there. I swear, it's not coming up. So we're gonna move on. Yay, no more mean tweets. I drove by this gas station this morning. $4.59 for a gallon of regular fuel. $4.59. When Trump left office, I was paying $2.18. So in less than a year, we've gone up this much. So, Juliet, where you're at, and you're uh, in the greater D.C. area, we won't say exactly where, um, is, is this gas price gouging the, the fuel, the cost of fuel going up? Is that, is that affecting you? Oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we were affected by the pipeline shutdown too. And understandably the cost of gas went up while the pipeline was shut down, but it really never came back down again. So we're sitting less than you, but up there too, I think like close to $4 or I mean, not $4, like three something for regular not three fifty, but three something, and it's it's awful because in this area, we all just sit in traffic all the time. It's like LA, you know. We just you have to have a car, and a lot of us travel pretty good distances. We commute a lot to work, and sitting in traffic for an hour, I mean, it just adds up. Like they're gonna crush the middle class with this. Oh my god, yeah, I pay an additional, uh, so I feel up. Uh... It takes $132 to fill my truck up. It used to be 72. So that's an additional roughly, what, 60 bucks? And I fill up twice a week. So it's an extra 60, it's 120 a week. It's an extra four something for me a month. Add that up. What is that? What is that? What is 400 times it's about 12, five, JV? Five, it's about five grand a year. 
Yeah, it's about five grand a year. And let me tell you, it hurts. So, so KJ, I'm going to switch subjects on you because I fixed my Gitter. So I did. I was looking <laughs> for Gitter because I wanted to sign up for it because it's the new Trump thing. And so on Google, if you notice, the left side is Google. I'm sorry. The left side is Microsoft. And Gitter, if you search at Gitter.com, is number one first page. When I went to, when I was originally looking for it on Google, I had to go all the way to page four. And it was about the middle of the page on page four to find it. So, KJ, this is how big tech, Google, the oligarchs of information feeding to us, this is how they shape a narrative. This is how they suppress stuff. They can say, it's there. It's there. Well, why is it on Microsoft page one, number one entry? Because everybody's after it. I couldn't even create an account. It's getting slammed so hard. But you go to you go to Google, and it's middle of the page, page four. Well, I mean, this this is how they control information. This is how they control the truth getting out. This is, uh, you know, we become so dependent on Google uh, for our searches. Um, you know, people are, are are looking for other platforms just to even search information right now. Uh, but I mean, this this is it. You know, like it. it the control is happening deep down. It, it's happening everywhere we go from the ads that we're, we're shown, uh, you know, on television to the internet, uh, to the things that are being pushed more regularly in the faces of everyone. And if you really want to find what you're looking for, you got to dig deeper now, deeper than ever before. And, uh, you know, this, this is, it's not going to stop, you know, people have become so reliant on this and, uh, you know, what are we little people going to do? I mean, the biggest thing that we can do is we've, we have got to continue to talk about it. We've got to continue to get it out there as best we can and uh, just, you know, pummel them with, uh, with the truth and with the, the desire to, to know the truth and be allowed to speak our minds. Yeah, I totally agree with that. JV, uh, because I, I'm on the quick, uh, the quick subjects here, um, Skyborg, artificial intelligence flies second drone demos uh, probability. Skyborg? Skynet. Skyborg. Skyborg, really? They went with Skyborg? Are they yanking our chain with what they're doing? And are, are, are we making the artificial intelligence that's going to take us out? Is it is it going to be Skyborg's offspring, which is Skynet? Is that how this goes down? Uh, our military I, is now turning weapons over to artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a bad science, actually a scary science fiction movie uh, revealing itself in real time here i want to go back to the to the last topic that you just uh, can you put that other uh, picture back up the google search versus the yeah. bing search can you tell me okay. did you have a kindergartner write that on there for you um <laughs> in crayon i was doing uh, <laughs> i was doing that with the mouse and oh, trying to make okay i just i wasn't words. sure if maybe you, this was your outreach to the local elementary school to get him involved yeah. i was just i just want to check yeah. on that um that was my finger. I have said for a very, very long time, and I'm by no means the only person saying this, but, you know, there are a lot of people who are calling for the breakup of Facebook and Twitter and, uh, and things like that. But I think the biggest threat we have is Google. And as if for exactly the reasons that Juliet and, and KJ have said, Google controls the information flow in this country. I don't know what the figure is. If someone told me it was 95%, I would believe it, that 95% of all information flows through Google. And I'm not even talking about the YouTube portion of Google. I'm just talking about when people are looking for information and they type it into that, uh, into the web browser, and Google is the search engine that searches for them, they have massive amounts of power from, from that 
active mm-hmm. searching. Google needs to be broken up in some fashion. It has to happen. And we can all sit here and say support DuckDuckGo or support Bing, which I try to use Bing more often than Google. We can all say that, but it, 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 we're really only affecting a very, very small portion of, of this total information flow. So Google needs to be addressed. It is way too powerful. And with the demise of local media around the nation, Google becomes even more important as a filter of content. And they are, in fact, doing that. They're filtering it. You just showed an example of it. I showed, I can't remember what it was. I had something that I was looking for not long ago. Maybe you remember. And I couldn't find it. It took me several pages. I think it was us. It was. I was looking for us. I was looking for the independence yeah, game. Yeah, for our our YouTube channel. And it wasn't it it wasn't showing up. It was like four pages in. Yet you should look at look on Bing and it shows up at top. Um, So, you know, and why? Because we're talking about conservative ideas here. It's absolutely ridiculous and it needs to be dealt with. This is the biggest tech threat. Social media is eh, that's a threat. Facebook doing I think Facebook's is is a is a dinosaur in this market right now and it's it's going to die a slow death. But Google has way too much power and um that's where that's where we have to be dealing with tech tyranny. I agree. I I really believe that if you're out there and you're listening to the show that if you know anybody who works for Google, especially up in the CEO level, shame them. You need to shame them. Just invite them to family stuff. Just tell them why because you're destroying the greatest country on the planet. With your with your policies, shame them. And if you see it, if you see him out, what did Maxine Waters say? If you see him at a gasoline station, if you see them at a restaurant, <laughs> create a crowd, get in their face, push back. You mean the next That's senator? You mean the next senator from California, Maxine Waters? Oh, oh is she running for? Oh no, God, didn't she see B- Joe Biden call her senator and say you need to run for Senate? She's eighty four years old. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, oh yeah, that was the other day. Oh, I yeah. missed Joe Biden. Listen, I want to. No I want to touch on. We're, we're running out of time here, and we wanted to take the last five minutes of the show and open it up to questions from our chat room and comments from our chat room. So we've got about five minutes left of content here. I wanted to talk briefly about in this in the last article that I brought up when we were talking about uh, the global tax. I guess it wasn't the last one, but one of the uh, discussions I prompted with that global tax article. We all shook our heads. No. Uh, to the question that do you think China will behave according to any deals it makes? And we all know instinctively that China is only concerned about China. Um, I'm a little envious about that, but um, not for the same reasons that they uh, are not, not for the same reasons that their government is, is doing it. But here's the thing. China just announced in through its state media its battle plan to take over Taiwan. It literally outlined the steps of how it will be invading and taking over Taiwan. This thing is detailed. It says the first step would be DF-16 short-range ballistic missile attacks, pulverizing airports, early warning radar, anti-air missile bases, and command centers across the island. The attacks against Taiwan's airports would continue until Chinese surface troops had accomplished an assault landing using military hovercrafts. It goes on. I'm not going to go through through the whole thing. But, KJ, would China be saying something like this if we had a president who could actually utter two or three sentences in a row without looking like he's going to fall asleep or like he doesn't know what words are coming out of his mouth. Is this truly a symptom of a very, very weak and vacuous president who is supposed to be the leader of the free world? Yeah, you know, absolutely not. China would not be doing this right now if, if Donald Trump was in office uh, or a or a stronger president. I mean, th- this is what's happening right now. The the you know, those that superpower there is looking at the u.s going oh well they're out of the game 
you know, literally, like we've got enough control of the, some of their key people and their president is, you know, sleeping, has no idea what he's doing. He's being led by his administration. This is a perfect time for China to capitalize on whatever uh, advantages they want right now and uh, and take over Taiwan. You know, I mean, it, it is it, it's it's so blatantly obvious that I don't understand why more and more people don't understand what is going on right now. And I don't know how these libs can support, uh, you know, President Biden. I, I, I don't understand. Juliet, KJ said uh, that China's looking at us and saying they're out of the game. U.S. is out of the game. We're watching China take over um, Hong Kong. We're watching it in real time and we're doing nothing to stop it. Is that... Is this the test run for China? If thinking, you know what, if we can roll steamroll Hong Kong, they're definitely not going to stop us when we steamroll Taiwan. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's they've done these little warning shots or like what are you shark bumps where you know they built islands in the middle of a shipping channel just to be able to claim it. They stole islands from Japan and nobody did anything. Nobody even condemned it really. And now they're announcing that they're going to attack somebody because they know we're not going to do anything or we'll pretend to care. And I, I mean, I've recently seen a lot of articles about Australia is really freaking out because they're like, well, we're not going to let them do that, but we don't have the U.S. backing us anymore. So Australia is not a superpower. They can only do so much. And what, what about Japan? China and Japan hate each other. So, you know, who's next? It's terrible. Yeah, China, Japan, South Korea, all very important U.S. allies in that area that have to be thinking, if something happens, if China moves on Taiwan, Taiwan will the United States be there to uh, to back us up? Britt, will the United States be there to back up our allies in the South Pacific? No, man. As long as uh, Biden's in office or the, this particular administration is running things, that is a flip of the coin. I mean, I would like to say yes because America's never – uh, the administrations for the last several of them l will never miss a war. They love them wars. So maybe we will, but this is a little bigger, a little meaner. Um, but on the flip side, I mean, if we go back and look at history, I mean, Japan, man, they routed China when they fought way back in the day before. I mean, that was what, in the 1800s? No. Uh, well, no. In, or, World, in World War II, uh, Japan took over a considerable chunk of China. But you have to remember, China was not an industrialized nation at that point, and Japan was. The, the, yeah. the, the, those roles aren't reversed necessarily, but they're they're kind of equally industrialized. All right, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know I don't I I, I don't think I, I don't know JV. I really don't, and that's so scary because if this was previous presidents and you know Trump and back, the answer would be yeah, of course we're going to be there. But now I don't know, and I, can we afford it? I mean, we literally spend all our money. Can we afford it? I don't think we can. I think China's counting on that. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a very, very uh, an increasing problem with, with China. And the longer we ignore it, the more dangerous it becomes and the more consequential it becomes. Brett, I don't know if you have anything else you want to uh, bring up before we go into questions, but I did want to leave some time for our chat room to comment, ask questions where the, all, the, all of the panelists here can address um, if they wanted to. So I'm not sure what you have. Well, I've, I've been... I've been, while you've been running your mouth, I've been looking for questions and I've highlighted some. So I have some here if we want to start with that. And then Chad, if you want to ask some questions about the subject matter, drop them in right now because then they'll be at the bottom. We can find them easy. Uh, but I did go through and dig some out. There was a lot of talk in our chat about the, the school stuff, uh, the CRT and whatnot. So uh, 
Spoiler MCB said banning CTR doesn't matter when the vast majority of public school teachers are leftists. And I kind of agree with that right now. I mean, we have let our, our, our teaching, our education has gone so far left. I mean, really, JV, if we ban CRT now, it, will that be enough? Yeah, well, he's absolutely, I'm assuming, I'm assuming spoilers, he, he's got a, a Colin Kaepernick, uh, well, it's a Colin Kaepernick picture <laughs> for his uh, avatar. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, that's exactly right. That is exactly the point. You can pull, quote unquote, CRT out of the classroom, but the ideas are still in the heads of the people teaching. They still think that way. They still feel that way. And they're going to, even if, they, even if they're told not to utter a word, everything they say about every other topic, every other sh- subject is going to be biased by that thought. That has been the problem with public education for 30 years. And that's why we're seeing these 30-somethings and Twitter and Facebook making decisions and censoring conservatives because they have been indoctrinated. And this is the way they think. And it's, the, it's a major problem. And until we get school choice for parents and we get the ability to start seriously affecting what's taught it to our children and they're actually taught to read again they're actually taught to critically think again they're actually taught mathematics history real history not this revisionist crap science the real things they should be learning in the school until that happens we're kind of screwed we're kind of screwed yeah Juliet, do you have any thoughts on that yeah, I mean, you know, the CRT thing, I think it's just so much more dangerous than people even realize. Like, you might be able to, as an adult, look at it and say, like, yeah, no, that's absolutely untrue. It's just made up. But for kids, I mean, you're forming the way they see the world. And so true. Like, if a teacher believes in that, if they're definitely still going to be able to indoctrinate your children with those ideas. And then how do you fix kids that are raised with that i don't know i do want to just uh right. give a shout out to kelsey who says not all of us i'm assuming kelsey you're a teacher and you're saying not all teachers are thing and you're absolutely right i don't mean to overgeneralize, and i apologize if i offended any teachers who understand this is a problem or actually doing things in their classrooms to fix it um okay so uh, speaking of kelsey Kel- so kelsey follows it up this will go to kj so Kelsey follows it up with, our, our superintendent said today that there is no issue with CRT because it's not the current curriculum. If it's not the current curriculum, KJ, why is it such a, why, why is it everywhere? It's not everywhere, everywhere at this point. You know, uh, our, our schools here uh, in, in San Diego, at least in our district, uh, I ask my kids all the time about it. You know, what are they teaching you? What are they talking about? You know? Um, and, and, and they're not reporting anything like that coming through the elementary school. My son's going into middle school next year. Uh, so he'll be in sixth grade. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think honestly, what has to happen is, you know, more, more parents need to continue to fight against it and voice, you know, their concerns in a very strong manner. And, on the other hand, just like defund the police, people have to actually see the results of what's going to happen. You know, like th- this is how it is. You know, when we were when we were uh, chasing the paranormal, uh, there were people out there that would, no matter what kind of evidence you would bring them, they would never believe it. Right? You could show them pictures, you could show them video, you could listen, let them listen to the audio, and you could tell them stories day day in and day out, and they would still never believe you until they had an experience it didn't happen to everybody but some people did and you'd see them next time and they'd be like oh my god this happened to me and you're so right and all of a sudden my eyes are open right so that's really what's going to end up happening here the more they start teaching it the more people start speaking up 
the more people are going to realize this isn't working and it's it's absolutely absurd. And some of those schools are going to lose the population of the kids that are going there because parents are just going to pull them out. And that's what's happening in our area right now. We're looking for alternative ways to teach our kid homeschooling or other types of uh, institutions to send them into. Right. So uh, Dustin Miles Diao, Diao, when Obama said fundamentally transform, this is this is what he was talking about. Teachers unions were the medium through which this crap was peddled. It is everywhere. So I, he's right. I mean, do, do you I remember Obama talking about transformation and a new new way forward for America. And, and this was it. Do you like it, Democrats? Do you like the cities burning down? Do you like the people dead? Do you like the murder rate through the roof? Because this is what you get. I think this we, is what you get. I think we could do a whole show, Britt, with you just pronouncing funny words because that would be that would be very very uh, entertaining. Uh, but I don't know how you pronounce Dustin Miles's whatever that last word is there. So I would have just said Dustin. I would have left it at that. Um, Chuck Schumer said the same thing. He said he said in January, just before the January special election for the Georgia Senate seats, he said, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll in Georgia, then we'll change change the country, and then we'll change the world. These Democrats, not all, not good rank and file blue collar Democrats. Uh, their their party, the Democrat Party, has left them so far in the dust, and I just don't think they've all woken up to it yet. They will. They'll figure it out. But the progressives, the radicals on the left have taken over the Democrat Party, and they truly intend to change the country and the world. And man, they are doing it at breakneck speed. We are not even six months into this administration, and it's already, this country is already almost unrecognizable. And I just keep holding out hope that in 2022, that we take back the House at least, and hopefully the Senate as well. We put a, put the brakes on this agenda. Maybe even get a point, get enough uh, House seats that we can actually override a veto, even, although that's wishful thinking. But start to change things and then win the presidency back and get this country back to the good, generous, caring, loving nation that we have been for, for generations, for centuries. Because that's truly who we are. Uh, Christ, C-R-I-I-S-T. Christ? Looks I don't like have a, a question. Q to me. Just looks like a Q. Oh, is that a Q? Okay. Uh, I don't have a question. Just wanted to give a shout out to Julie for killing it her on her first podcast. Nice. Is this really your first you podcast? Hi. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. Oh, you killed it. I thought, I, thought, I thought you'd done this before. Awesome. Aw, thank well, so, you guys. Well, we, well, you have someone, who, someone who's giving you a shout out. Um, uh, KJ, since you live in San Diego, I'll read this one. This is from the Vandal, the Vandal Bullzom. <laughs> San Diego is like, is like the last big city in California that isn't completely ruined yet. But San Diego County is like dark blue in terms of voting. So he thinks it's only a matter, or she, I don't know, uh, thinks it's only a matter of time before SD proper goes blue. Is that, is, that, is that accurate? Is it pretty dark blue around you guys? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But, you know, surprisingly enough, there's, there's a lot of red out here. Um, you know, you just, you got to be in the right circles uh, at this point. And I, I think there's a, um, what, what's happening right now is we've got a lot of purple Okay. And people are, you know, they're seeing what's happening and, and their, their shade is changing. And, you know, we're, we're going a lot more red out here, but you know, it's, it's a tough battle, as you know, uh, living in California, Brit, uh, and, and anywhere right now, you know, you've, you've, the Democrats are, are really strong trying to 
uh, take things over. But I, I feel equally as much that, that uh, we are getting stronger and stronger. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to fight uh, for what's right at this point. Definitely. Did I see that um, Larry Elder is going to run for governor? I, you know, I heard something about yeah, that, but I haven't for California. Confirmed. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah. I do want to point out that uh, Dustin said his last name is Do. It's pronounced Do. 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 Yeah. The Dow Do. Yow. Okay. Thanks, I'll go with Do. <laughs> uh, and there's another shout out for uh, for uh, Julie. Uh, spoil spoiler MC said I only found out about this podcast because of Julie's Gab account. Oh, cool. Well, thank you, Julie, for bringing Aww. an additional listener watcher. So, uh, so spoiler, please. I mean, whether you come back or not, please smash the like button and subscribe. Whether you come back or not, it'd be amazing. Um, but we're gonna have Julie back, so you can keep coming back. Uh, are there any other questions? Are you seeing in there, JV? No, I, th I'm, I I'm think scanned. I think that's it. We're gonna make this a regular feature at the end of the program where people can ask questions, so people get used to having and saving their questions for the end of the program. But that's gonna do it for now. Please subscribe if you're new to the show. I know we have a bunch of people watching on Twitch as well, which we're, we're, is our backup uh, stream. So please follow on Twitch if you would. We appreciate that. We also have a podcast version of the show that can be found on all major podcast distribution platforms. Subscribe to that if you will as well. KJ. Okay, thanks for being back, friend. We'll, we'll see you again in a week or so. Juliet, job well done. Thank you for uh, joining us. I hope you agree to come back as well. Absolutely. All right, Britt, anything else before we head out? Just people, smash that like button. If you're listening on the podcast, please come over to the YouTube side and uh, subscribe. We really could use the numbers. And uh, we are on Rumble. You said that about Rumble, right? We, I do upload the shows to Rumble the next day. So if you don't want to you know, watch YouTube, you can watch Rumble. And catch us on the Roku channel like Juliet does. Roku, all the way. Yeah. Uh, any uh, any uh, Roku device or Roku television, you can just uh, add the Independence Channel is what it's called, and that's where this show will show up. Thanks for being here, everybody. We will see you next time. It's the Independence Gang.